In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Tonight, as we begin our celebration of the Feast of Theophany, the, the baptism of our Lord in the Jordan River by John, uh, we have, just like we did at uh, the Feast of the Nativity and the, the service of preparation for the Nativity, we had a whole bunch of Old Testament readings. And so, as I said on Nativity, I can talk to you for hours about all of the things that are contained in those readings. And in fact, while I was hearing those readings, I think I was writing a sermon for each one uh, that, we were, uh, that we heard, because there's so much good stuff that is there in all of those readings. But in everything that we heard, and as we are preparing again for uh, the Feast of Theophany, and one of the big things that we're going to be doing tonight, of course, is to, to bless the waters, the great sanctification of the waters, there are four major things that I think we should get from all of those readings about water, and about Christ going into the water, and about the water that we are going to bless, and Lord willing, that you are going to drink, and that you are going to take home, uh, because there are very important themes that are in these readings, because all of them are about water, and most of them are about the Jordan River in particular. And so there are some very important themes, but there are four of them that I really want to especially focus on. First of all, water in the scripture is often a symbol of chaos and death, especially in the beginning. And I say in the beginning on purpose because that first reading that we heard tonight, just like the first reading of the Old Testament that we heard at the Feast of the Nativity, the first reading is those first few verses of the book of Genesis, in the beginning. And it talks about how the Spirit hovered over the face of the waters. And you get this understanding that there, uh, everything is, is in chaos until God is able to bring it together. And you see him pulling out the dry land uh, and calling it earth. And the waters that he organized together, he calls them seas. But we have water in the beginning being chaos, a symbol of chaos. And in fact, then the next reading we heard, we heard that uh, water was for the salvation of the people of Israel crossing the Red Sea. But unfortunately, it was the death of the Egyptians who were following. So it's chaos and death is one of the, the themes of water in the Old Testament. Secondly, we have very strong themes of healing, physical healing. We have Naaman, the Syrian, who had leprosy, who goes to Elisha to be healed and is told to wash in the Jordan River. And after fighting it for a minute, he goes and does wash, and he is physically cleansed of his leprosy, and he is healed. But more than just physical healing... Isaiah talks about the spiritual healing, wash, be made clean, Isaiah talks about in the readings. And so we have this understanding that water is also this place for healing. The third theme that we have in all of those readings is that water reveals the power of God. We have the beautiful story of, of Gideon. And how uh, he, the, the dew first is on his, his jacket on the fleece and not on the rest of the ground. And then he asks God again to do the opposite. And there is, is dew all over the ground and not on his fleece the second night. But it revealed to Gideon the power of God. 
It revealed that God would be faithful in what he has told him, that he would grant him victory over, uh, over his enemies. And of course, we also have the great story of Elijah, who covers the altar that he has built with, like I think it's 12 stone jars of water. So it's just soaked up with water. And yet, even though all of that water is there, the power of God is able to be revealed in that, because as he prays, fire comes from heaven, and that only lights the, the offering that is on the altar, but actually is hot enough to be able to consume all of the water that is there, showing that power of God to be able to work wonders. Finally, the last theme that we have in all of this is that water, and this is particular, the Jordan River is the place for transition. We had the story of Elijah being caught up in the fiery chariot after he and Elisha cross over the Jordan River. He is taken up into the heavenly kingdom. We have, of course, the people of Israel with Joshua crossing into the promised land across the Jordan River. They carry the Ark of the Covenant across the Jordan River. And so it's this place of transition. And so we have these four things, chaos, healing, the power of God, and this place of transition, which then, Lord willing, helps us to understand what happens when our Lord plunges himself into the waters of the Jordan. Actually, I shouldn't say plunges himself. The hand of John the Baptist plunges him into the waters of the Jordan River as he is baptized. And what happens with the waters that we ourselves are going to be uh, praying over and blessing and sanctifying by the power of God tonight? Well, first of all, it tells us that God enters the chaos. He enters the chaos to bring order, to bring victory, to destroy any evil that might be lurking in our midst. And we'll pray that in the prayers over the waters to drive away any of the demonic forces. And we heard in the royal hours this morning a whole bunch of times about how the waters were turned back because of the great uh, moment of Christ's baptism in the water. So it's Christ brings order into the chaos and he shows victory over death and victory over the evil one and the minions that serve him. Secondly, it shows that Christ is the real source of healing. And that these waters, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, become the true waters of healing in our life. And so, Lord willing, we drink of those waters. We sprinkle the water all around here at the church and in our homes on those who are sick and who are in need of, of the particular touch of the grace of God. The waters are healing by the power of Christ. The waters reveal the power of God because they reveal Christ himself, who is himself the power of God. We call him that in many of the prayers of the church, the power of God. And he is revealed to us in this great feast of theophany with the Holy Spirit descending upon him in the form of a dove. And the final one is that it shows that these waters... In particular, the waters of the Jordan, the waters of our baptism, which when we sanctify the waters at every single one of our baptisms, we ask that the Lord make those waters to be the waters of the Jordan River. 
so that those waters can be those waters of transition, not just into a physical, geographical promised land like Joshua and the people of Israel, but that we might ascend like Elijah, perhaps not in a fiery chariot, but into the kingdom of heaven, because it's in the waters of baptism that our Lord has sanctified where, where we are able to enter into the glory of the kingdom of God. And that's what's happening in this feast. When Christ touches those waters, he brings, he brings order to the chaos and destroys death. He brings healing. He shows the power of God and he ushers us into the kingdom of heaven. What a great feast. We need this reminder and we need this water. So may God strengthen us to be able to turn to Christ in the chaos, to turn to Christ when we need healing, to turn to Christ when we need to see the power of God in the midst of darkness, and to turn to Christ for the real transition in this world into the kingdom of heaven. Blessed feast. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.